0: Hey guys, welcome to this week's episode of Business Power-Ups Podcast with me, Mark Cropley. Every week I'll be talking to different business owners and leaders where they'll be sharing their secrets of success, how they started and what they've learned along the way. I hope you enjoy this week's episode. Without further ado, let's talk to this week's guest. (laughs) Welcome to another Business Power-Ups podcast with me, Mark Cropley. We're here today with Michelle Thomas, Director of HR Works Consultancy. She's a mother of two and winging it through life, that's true. <laughs> like, like a lot of us really. Yeah, yep, that's what
1: it's all about.
0: Um, so Michelle, let's uh, get on to the first question. What is your personal area of expertise?
1: So my personal area of expertise is HR. So what is that? That's human resources, which is pretty much the world of people in the workplace.
0: And what do you personally bring to the HR world? As far as your skill set and uh, your personality goes. Sure.
1: So so uh, personality-wise, I'm a people person, first and foremost, and one of the uh, interview questions I was first asked when I was getting into my first HR role was, why do you want to get into HR? Yeah. And I said, that's oh, because I love working with people. And the interviewer turned around and said to me, ooh probably not the right career choice for you and I just, I was really confused and I guess um, many, many, many years later I understand why. Um, Obviously uh, people bring a lot of challenges in the workplace and a lot of people would see um, a primary side of HR as resolving those people issues. Um, I guess what I actually see it as is more working with businesses to better understand their people and how they can leverage their business through their people. People. So for me and most good business owners, they'll know that uh, their people are their biggest asset and it's really, HR is about working with what you've got to, to maximise that.
0: That must be a really hard part of, of your role actually, is to understand people, be yeah. there for people because that's what human resources is about. But ultimately, yeah. when the time comes, you've got to kick ass.
1: Yeah, exactly. And I think, um, so, so my sort of career history, if you like, um, predominantly my career has been in, in bigger businesses. Okay. Um, so I've been, I've either been part of an HR team or indeed led an HR team where there is a lot of layers of management and effectively a lot of it does come down to what you say, which is doing the doing the dirty deed sometimes in terms of exiting people from the business, uh, but also obviously trying to get the best out of that. And the, the one difference or key difference I would say I find in working with smaller businesses is that obviously, first and foremost, they don't necessarily have the money to invest in their people as, they, as some of the big, bigger businesses would have. Yeah. So a lot of the time it is more about getting the basics in place, the policies and procedures that will enable them to effectively do the right thing if and when the situation arises.
0: Is there one big mistake that you're finding that most small businesses are making right now in regards to the HR or can it be very up and down depending on the business?
1: Yeah sure it, it can really vary so um, inevitably the first sort of contact I have with most of my clients is when something has gone wrong okay. and a lot of people would agree that prevention is better than cure so actually one of the key, key things that most businesses or most smaller businesses are missing is basic policies and procedures in in place um, quite more often than not contracts of employment so it's really about setting the expectations for your employees and having structure in place to manage any of those situations if and when they arise
0: so you said uh, before you you started HR works so you worked for various companies yeah. and HR at different layers but uh, Just going back then, before you started your business, what Mm -hmm. kind of training did you have? Sure. What did you do, and and how did you see your future?
1: Yeah, okay, so I mean, I've been in HR for over 15 years now, and my first HR role was obviously quite a junior role, so um, just almost like an administrator in an HR environment, but in a fun environment. It was in hospitality, and the types of HR issues ranged from, things that housekeeping shouldn't be getting up to in bedrooms <laughs> right. and chefs who were drunk or waiting staff that were swiping bottles of booze. But it was also really um, just a fun environment. Yeah. Where I got my, my structure, if you like, was, was my next HR role where um, I was lucky enough to get a position that had career progression opportunities, but also an employer that were willing to invest in my training. Um, so I started out by doing my certificate in HR practice, which is a, a Level 3 MBQ type qualification. And then once I'd completed that, they uh, invested in me further and I did my postgraduate diploma in HR management. Right. So that's me.
0: That's you. That's how you got there. What, what was Was there a moment that you can remember that led you into starting your business was it a kind of boom moment or was it a progression over time no it was
1: was very much a boom moment (laughs) um so so the business I worked in before I set up the business was career defining I guess because it was the business where I had a real great opportunity to to grow quite quickly professionally um, but also personally so I was with the business for um, five years and in that time the business was in um, exponential growth so they grew really quickly which meant I had to as well. I had um, a really supportive um, CEO um, but the business, you know, the end result the end game of that period of growth was that they were looking to sell the business Okay, and so I went from being the HR director of a smaller business of headcount of around 170 employees to, uh, we were acquired by one of our biggest competitors. So all of a sudden, we're part of a a group of um, sort of 1200 FTE. Wow. They already had a significant uh, HR department in place. So I went from being sort of top dog in in one business to part of a, a great HR team but clearly at some point over time um, my role locally diminished and whilst the business were keen to um, retain me it would have meant relocating. Um, I was pregnant with my second son right. and so timing wise I just looked at whether it was the right thing to do to relocate and move our family or whether um, the right option at that point was, was to take redundancy. So it was very much a boom moment. The, yep. the decision was made and I I spoke to a couple of the directors of the business I worked at, and they they almost encouraged me. So the one thing I, I never thought I had enough of to be able to set up my own business was confidence. Um, so uh, I didn't think that I could go it alone, but like I many did, of us, and I do, and I am. But they said, you know, what you do well is building relationships. So you are very effective at building relationships with the people managers that you work with. And I think you'd be really good at doing that for small local businesses. so there was a bit of encouragement. There, there was to... there was definitely some encouragement and support, and that's continued. You know, some of those contacts that I made in that business still pass me referrals and are able to pass me businesses um, because they've moved on to other things as well. Um, so that was was definitely the boom moment, and I guess I was fortunate because of being in a redundancy situation that financially um, I had some a bit of a buffer in terms of being able to give it a go for a good eight to ten month period before I got to crunch point and thought oh if it doesn't work I'll find a job but I've got some time to give it a go
0: how did you find those first weeks and months of the business I I mean I can imagine there was times like with all of us that you were thinking oh god you know I, I need to run away and go and get a job
1: it was actually really hard because um it was immediately preceded by a period of maternity leave so normally mm. when you return to work from maternity leave that's daunting enough yeah. because you're going back to a role but it is at least a business that you know and there's familiar faces it was harder to basically decide when the day was that i was setting up my new business um and going for it so that that was quite tough but really it was uh, right i've made the decision now crack on so um, you know, I started networking initially. It's, it's. I think what's most daunting is where's that first piece of work going to yes. come from? And uh, I went along to a couple of networking events. For someone who is a people person, I can't say that networking is my, my. I'm not the biggest fan. Um, I am very good at speaking with people I know and I've built relationships Small with. Small groups, yeah. But that whole walking into a room full of people that I don't know, I literally <laughs> flounder and, and, and just want to It's tough, hide isn't from. it? It's it hard
0: is. because you know you, you don't know, you. like you said, you're presented with this wall of people. And no matter how much you do it, you think, oh, who do I need to speak to? Yeah. And you don't, this is the hardest thing, you don't want to latch on to the wrong person no. as well. I've I've been, and this is nothing against solicitors or accountants, but you go to general networking and there's quite a few of them, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and and generally I, I've spoken to a few of them and I've had some really good conversations. But for my business, they're not the best generators of business. Sure. And and of course, once you start talking to them, you don't want to say, "Excuse me, mate, okay. I, I've got to go." <laughs> but then you know, maybe you should, maybe you should allow yourself sort of five minutes or so with each person because. Yes yeah I mean I'm, I'm kind of thinking this as I'm going along you know the, some of the structured networking events are great because mm-hmm. of the way they work but those open networking they can be very difficult mm-hmm. and I guess the people that work it well really work the room sure yeah but it is a great way to it meet is. new is. businesses, isn't and it? And
1: I guess the the thing is, if you go to um, if you go along to certain networking events regularly, then I quite quickly found myself in that more comfort zone because you do start to build the relationships, and that's what I tend to do quite well.
0: Yeah, and I suppose for you as well, the the solicitors and the accountants are probably good yeah. uh, people for you to sure. to work with because yeah. they've got clients, they've got their own staff as well. Exactly. You know, there's not not that often when you've got a single accountant, is there? It's normally yeah. a team of accountants. What what recent changes in technology have you seen that will affect small businesses or even help them? Uh,
1: Um, So I guess for me right now, or for my business, it's all linked in with GDPR at the moment. So the um, general data protection regulations that are coming into place at the end of May. There is quite a big impact on um, an employee scenario because employees, employees, (laughs) (laughs) employers obviously um, hold a lot of data about their employees and some of the changes in the regulations mean that employers are having to do a massive overhaul of their policies and procedures so from a technology um, viewpoint it's really about making sure that all of your software if you use some for employees is data cleansed and that employees are aware of what um, documents there are held on them so a lot of the hr software providers these days have done a massive overhaul of that in terms of making sure that an employee self-service system means that they can see everything that is held okay. on them
0: so would you say that most people um and, and i know it's, it's you shouldn't really pursue. you got to, as a business, you've got to look into this. Mm-hmm. It's your responsibility. But with most people using, say, an online accounts package which has got a uh, a payroll software, yeah that should in effect be covered under those GDPR because we're not keeping stuff locally on site. It's being held by the company. And that software company should, and it's up again uh, stipulate, it's up to you as a business to check, be checking that that is being done properly.
1: Yeah, exactly. So a lot of it is about the data retention and, and what GDPR is prompting from an HR perspective Is employers are just needing to be a little bit more critical um, or casting a critical eye over what data they're storing so you know it's just not going to be okay in small businesses these days to have employee files and medical certificates just shoved in a bottom drawer unlocked drawer right because uh, the ICO would come down pretty tough on you when you've got other employees in that environment who could access that data
0: so as a little tip with files that you have to keep on site so like uh, like you said medical files yeah what's a little tip we can give to businesses you mentioned about sort of locking them away and and making sure they're only accessible by key members of staff
1: exactly so it should only be accessed by people who actually need Access to that documentation, so to to be able to effectively carry out their role. Um, so one is about really being quite stringent in your um, controls of who can access what. Um, but also, um, you know, people are always quite reluctant to let go of paper records, and I've been quite a victim of that, I guess. I like to hoard. <laughs> but realistically, the HR software that's available these days, you can just scan and maintain Applied. electronic files and it does really uh, remove some of that risk of of keeping everything on site where you've just got an extra control in place but you're having to check that you've locked up every night and clear desk policies mm. and all this lot. So,
0: a really good tip actually is, is try to utilize the softwares and the, and the accounts packages Absolutely. that are out there to help make your business yeah. easier and, and they destroy. all do
1: backup so you know yeah. I think people just need to get over this nervousness about but what if I need what if what if the, it crashes and I can't get hold of it you know in this day and age that doesn't that's not really a risk no
0: we've certainly taken on board in, in our business that everything is online I'm yeah. sure we keep records here that uh, you know we need to review sure. uh, and go through but uh, it is it is a massive thing GDPR for businesses not just in HR in, in anything you know and I'm, I'm constantly being bombarded with uh, emails yeah, asking so me to it's... resubscribe to lists yeah. now and it's like well I'm part of a, a specific you know group uh, like Brighton Chamber, say mm-hmm. and it's saying do I want to still receive emails well yeah I'm part of the group but mm-hmm. it's, it's it's been a little bit of frustrating from my point of view yeah, but that's... I guess also it gives you a, a chance to clear out some of those emails that you don't want as exactly. well exactly sure what's been uh, one of your worst moments in business so far and uh, how did it change and what did you learn from it?
1: So I guess one of the worst experiences I've had since setting up my own business was with one of my first clients. So I went down to meet this prospective client, it was a referral from someone that I knew very well and they wanted a full suite of policies and procedures, all supporting documentation for employees. But they were not particularly specific about what they wanted. And I guess um, because I was new to the game, I kind of just... I was second-guessing them a lot of the time. Yeah. And their communication wasn't great. So when I was checking in um, with them... I was chasing them an awful lot so it it kind of went wrong when one I hadn't got a contract or terms and conditions in place with them in terms of what their expectations were and within what parameters we were working and their financial position changed quite quickly, and I got to the point where I'd I'd invested a huge amount of time and effort in the work I did for them. I couldn't get hold of them. They weren't paying invoices, they weren't returning emails, and I guess the the big learn from me was just having those real clear expectations in place at the outset and getting a contract in place that, that basically protected me. Um, better I was very fortunate that in the end we agreed um, we got to a sensible place with um, payment for the work that had been done but they agreed that they actually needed someone um, a little bit more local to them to be able to better suit their needs um, but yeah, I kind of got my fingers burnt a bit because it was just it wasn't a great experience to have early on and I'm possibly a little bit too trusting of people so I would never sort of go back on or rescind on some an agreement um, but not everybody is 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 like that in business, unfortunately.
0: And I I think that's one thing, especially starting a new business, we're all guilty of is is rushing into it. And Mm -hmm. and especially when the first client comes along and you just think, I just want this client. I don't want to upset them and then you end up cracking out a bad deal for yourself yeah, exactly. and that's not the way to work because you end up working for nothing, causing yourself more grief and and what happens is you then can't serve your customers that are working well because Mm -hmm. you're wasting a lot of time with this Mm -hmm. customer that isn't working well. If you make all those agreements up front and everyone knows where they stand and what to expect, then it's actually better for the client and for you as a business.
1: Exactly. It's almost a classic example of do as I say, not as I do. So I think I'm probably foul of that quite a bit so in HR I'm great at telling or advising clients or people managers on how they should do something but in reality we're all we all revert to type and actually doing what you say you're going to do or, or doing what I tell other people to do is uh, is quite a big thing
0: I suppose that's one of the the hardest things in business especially as a you know again in the beginning as a lone business owner is holding yourself accountable yeah. Um, And I certainly would advise anyone if they get to a stage where they can afford it to get some kind of business advisor in or or a partner or someone that can Mm -hmm. hold you accountable for your actions because that's when the business really starts to grow. Otherwise, you know, you get home from work, you're tired, mm. um, and you don't do something that you have promised yourself to do because, at the end of the day, it's only you that's going to hold yourself accountable, and it, exactly. it just kind of doesn't work, does it?
1: Well, I think ultimately, if you think the majority, the majority of us set up our own businesses because we're good at what we do. Yes. But that doesn't mean that we are good at running a business per se. So I'm good at HR, I believe. I like to think so. Yeah. But when you set up a new business, you have all these other things to think about, you know, your accounting, your marketing, just normal day to day stuff, just the discipline of, um, you know, going out and getting work and then remembering to plan in the time to actually do it. And it's all these things that you don't think about when you first set out. Um, that all of a sudden you can get to the point where you are working really, really hard, but you're not necessarily working smart.
0: And and even the sort of the basic mistake of forgetting or not having time to invoice. Mm-hmm. You know, I've had times when you're looking at the bank account thinking there's nothing in there. Yep. Then you go through your book and you go, oh, I haven't invoiced in yeah. two weeks.
1: Yeah, and and it's or just... even longer in my case. <laughs> oh,
0: <God>. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and, and, and things start getting a bit desperate. I yep. mean... Yeah. There is no silver bullet for this, is there? In starting a business, you do have to juggle them all, unless you're lucky enough to have you know, enough redundancy or equity release or something where you can afford to bring people on. But as soon as you get to that point where you can afford to get experts in to do mm, it, mm. get them to do it, because like you say, you're good at what you do. Mm. You're not necessarily good at all parts exactly. of your business. Exactly. What advice would you give someone starting their business today?
1: Realistically... You, you need to speak to people who have done similar. So speak to people who have set up a business, um, but it needs to be someone who is close enough to you that one, you, you trust their advice, but and two, more importantly, that you'll actually listen to it. So um, I spent quite a bit of time um, speaking with people who had set up their own businesses, but they weren't people... And they they would all have a massive varying degree of advice that would actually quite conflict each other um so you need to speak to people that you really have a good relationship with and and can grill on the nitty-gritty um but people that you're close enough to to trust and actually listen to
0: i mean it's a bit like going down the route of getting a business advisor ultimately um you want to find someone that's been there and done it Mm -hmm. you know and i know you know it might be unfair to say but there's plenty of people i've come across that are just professional business advisors you want someone that's that's Ideally, if you can, been in the same sort of role as you want to be Mm. or even been in a position where they've run companies themselves and can help advise you on those little bits that you need.
1: One thing I would say on that is actually a couple of the people that I tried to speak to were... HR people, so people who maybe our paths had crossed at some point during my professional career, who had gone on to set up their own um, independent HR consultancy, and I actually found those people really difficult to crack, they weren't forthcoming with wanting to sit down and have a coffee, um, or chat through, and maybe, I I think realistically that is, um, you know, they're wanting to protect and preserve what they've got, Um, perhaps they feel threatened by the competition. which is understandable, but I think that's a fairly narrow-minded viewpoint because um, whilst the world of HR, like many industries, is small um, in terms of the people, there are a huge amount of businesses out there that need our support and interestingly a, a colleague I guess or a contact of mine who I did my degree with has very recently um, set up on her own um, probably about six months or so ago and she tapped into to my sort of intel or knowledge um, for some bits of advice and I know she did it with many other people. And when I was initially asked, there was that sort of reservation yes. of, oh, God, I'm going to give away all my secrets. But actually, the more collaboratively you can work in those situations, it's actually only going to better your offering in terms of thinking of things that you hadn't necessarily thought of for your clients. Um, but also in, in an independent role or, or a standalone business like mine, you often need that support and those like-minded people to be able to lean on for... Um, sometimes just sense checking or thinking out loud and interestingly she's actually set up a a forum on facebook for independent hr consultants um which i'm just really enjoying being part of because it is just great sometimes you can feel quite isolated and lonely just to be able to to you know can i run this case by you or i've got a client and and also when you are at the point where either you haven't got enough work on at the moment or you've got too much, then you've got other people that you can you can speak to in terms of resources as well.
0: And there's, there's great, I mean, Facebook is great for groups. There's, yeah. lots of, there's plenty of groups out there which you can go to. You can find your industry and go on there and, and ask those questions. You know what, and you'll find someone that's been there and done it. Mm-hmm. And, and you're right in saying there are some people that don't want to open out. Mm. I think you're also right in saying as far as you helping other people it makes you a better person well, it
1: does I've, I've had exactly that just in the past week a former colleague of mine um, is potentially looking at branching out on her own and we met for coffee on Friday because one potentially I mean I've had a really busy couple of months and, and my workload is pretty high at the moment she's potentially someone that I could look to pass work on to or she could get involved with stuff that I'm working on Or equally, you know, at some point in the future, we might be able to work on a project together. Um, And actually, I think it's a great thing to be able to share your skills and expertise and words of encouragement, words of wisdom, the the, what did you learn, the the mistake Mm. or whatever. To be able to share that um, and help someone else um, is is the right thing to do but also it's such a feel good factor when Mm. you've been able to help her add value to someone else in in terms of making their decision
0: and you're doing it today for our listeners you're adding value to somebody's life yes hello (laughs) Um, brilliant I mean that's uh, that's got some real insight into you and your business and how you got to where you're going just want to go on to some quick fire questions yes okay can you recommend a book and it doesn't have to be Um, you know uh, business related
1: sure Uh, so I'm I'm I do not get the chance to do as much reading as I used to. So the only book I, I can really think of at the moment is a book um, which is a bit industry-specific, but it's a book called The Team Formula, which was actually written by um, a leadership coach that I have worked with in the past. And the the reason I like it is it puts all of the HR textbook techie-type speak um, in terms of mod, you know, models to use, but it puts it into real case scenarios. So there's a lot of... They're almost more case studies, okay. so um, the, the text speak that you might get in a, you know, use this model to develop t- uh, team working or whatever, um, you, can, you can almost see it in play.
0: Well yeah so uh, it's actually giving you some uh, reality checks on some of the things rather than just saying do this and do that.
1: It just puts it into context yeah. for people so they can see how that that workplace scenario might really pan out. And
0: is that a good book for any business owner or y- is it Yeah, yeah? absolutely.
1: I mean, in fact it probably is more for business owners rather than a, an HR specific. Right.
0: Uh what was the last film you watched?
1: The last film I watched um was The Intern with Robert De Niro. Okay. Um I that, that's tend HR to H yeah, <laughs> Well actually it was, <laughs> yeah. yeah. You're right. Um I didn't think of it like that. But um so I never watched I can never <laughs> so the Google do Yeah it's based in Google, uh, yeah. oh it's uh it oh, is face. an online business but it's um clothing.
0: Oh okay. Oh no, I'm thinking of a completely different film. Uh, okay. okay.
1: Um, but uh, so I can't watch any film in a single sitting. So it probably took about three nights to watch. Oh, I really? sleep. Yeah. <laughs> Daisy. The minute that film, the credits are on. That's it. I'm gone.
0: <laughs> um, give me one of your greatest strengths.
1: Um, just probably reverting back. I'm a people person. So it is all about people interaction for me.
0: And what about one of your weaknesses?
1: Overcommitting, maybe. I'm not very good at saying no. Um, I'm a people pleaser. So one of my biggest flaws, I guess, is um, not wanting to let people down. So I'll take on too much and then I get myself pretty stressed out with trying to make sure that I follow through on those commitments.
0: It's funny, actually, because I've spoken to a few people in this podcast that are people persons and and they suffer with the same thing. I'm the same. Mm -hmm. You know, I... I know I've got a job to do, but you sometimes get the thing you don't want to upset someone, yeah and that, that's really hard sometimes because sometimes you just got to you know it's just, it's just got to happen yeah. so and I
1: think people respect that as well it's, yeah. just, it's just you you don't want to let them down yes, so you want to be able to say yes and you want to be able to do your best and actually sometimes being able to do your best you have to push back and say no or actually yes I can but it's not going to be until such and such somebody
0: might got, get upset at that point yeah. um, but they'll soon come around and respect your decision whereas if you just sort of leave it lingering it just gets worse and yeah, it festers exactly. and then you get upset and yeah. Yeah. yeah, it doesn't work out best. So, finally, Michelle, how can we get in contact with you? Oh,
1: many ways. So you can get in touch with me. Um, HR Works. I've got a Facebook page. Yeah. Um, my website is www.hrworksconsultancy.com. Um, or you can give me a buzz on my mobile. Would you like that number?
0: If you want to give it out, that's fine. Cool. It's down to give you. Give me a
1: call on 07908 nine five seven double one three.
0: That's like a radio ad again. Hey. I can't remember. I little think jingle. Louise did that. Did yeah. yeah. If you listen to Louise's uh, podcast, <laughs> there's a little jingle at the end. <laughs> Thank you Michelle. It's cool. been a great interview. Cheers. Good
1: fun. Thank you.
0: Hey guys, it's Mark again. Thanks for listening to this week's Business Power-Ups podcast. You can contact me on Twitter and Instagram at MarkRockley. Or if you have any questions, please email me mark at whiteboxuk.co.uk. You can find more about my business at www.whiteboxuk.co.uk. I'd really appreciate it if you could share this podcast with your friends. And if you feel feeling extra nice, please leave a rating and a review. I'll be back next week with another exciting guest.